The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 175. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Braveheart team. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position universe. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Panel Z! I am Scottish. About things. Ooh. Be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the fourth Doctor story, Image of the Fendal. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thank you. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, if you can, we'd greatly appreciate if you would take a moment to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from and write a review of the show. That helps us reach out to new folks and have more people become listeners and part of our community. And we also really appreciate it when you share the podcast with your friends. That is uh, very th- the number one way that we get new listeners and that we uh, grow this uh, very fun. It's n- more than a podcast. It's a community of Doctor Who fans, and we really appreciate that. Jimmy, I understand that the at the end of today's episode, you're going to uh, give us a uh, review of a new of a big Finnish production that you recently listened to. Yes, uh, this was one that I particularly enjoyed, and so I'll be telling folks about it. And it's something else that they can listen to to entertain themselves while we're all on lockdown. Awesome, sounds good. So today we're talking about Image of the Fendal. This is a, a fourth Doctor story uh, from his. Let's see the fourth season of the fourth doctor and uh aired in uh october 1977 and it's four four episodes and we have uh his companion this time is leela and we also get to see a little bit of k9 who recently joined the tardis yeah very recently yeah uh so it here's a quick recap uh it's present day 1977 present day ish ish and uh so just as the, the Fourth Doctor and Leela arrive in Fetchborough, England, a Professor Fendelman prepares to experiment on a fossilized skull, which science says should not exist. The skull is actually an artifact of the Fendal, a godlike being who feeds... We've got a lot of fricatives here, don't we? <laughs> Fetch, Fendal, Fendelman. <laughs> yes, we're going to have to have an, a, a good uh, uh, audio filter on this episode. So the Fendal is a godlike being who feeds on the life force of others, and it's begun to awaken and kill, and worse yet, others seek to exploit the Fendal's dreadful power. That's the uh, the synopsis from the TARDIS Wikia, so uh, take that for what you will. So it starts with uh, in this geology lab, uh, in this abbey, I think it is. It's a it's a an, an old abbey. house. Uh, Manor, it's a, a priory. I think they call it a priory. Priory, that's right. And it's been it's not Downton Abbey, but it's a priory that's been taken over by this Professor Fendelman and his team of scientists. So it's a geology lab. This scientist is talking about a human skull that was found in volcanic sediment twelve million years old, which makes it nearly impossible since human skulls didn't exist, as far as we know, twelve million years ago. Unless you're Michael Cremo. <laughs> Who's Michael Cremo? 
He's a guy who is uh, he, he he does the late night talk show circuit. He's uh-huh. the author of a book called Forbidden Archaeology, and he claims extreme human antiquity. So he thinks humans are millions and millions and millions of years old, way oh. way older than what uh, conventional science will support. Okay, well, so, so this, this is might... right up his alley. I would think, yeah. So interest mm. here's an interesting little note: the uh, actress. In this, so there's one besides Leela. There's one guest actress. Uh, her, she's a scientist. Well, there, there's also another. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, there is. Uh, the 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 she is the main uh, guest actress because she'll play a key role in this. Thea is her is the character's name, played by Wanda Ventham, who has uh, a claim to fame of, uh, outside of Doctor Who. Do, do you guys know who she is? She the is familiar, but I can't. I can't remember what we're from. Well, you might have seen her in the BBC Sherlock, the that was done by Mark Gatiss oh, and, right. and Stephen Moffat. She played Mycroft and Sherlock's mother in that. Mm-hmm. But even more so, she is actually in real life Benedict Cumberbatch's mom. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. She's Sherlock's mom on Doctor Who. So that uh-huh. the, I love wow. that, that crossover. She uh, also has a trait name for her character that's a bit of foreshadowing here, because her name Thea in Greek means goddess. Oh, that's right. right. It Thea. does. Yep. Yeah. Very interesting. A little, a little foreshadowing there. So there- I, I, I like when we meet her. So she and another guy named Adam Colby, who's a scientist, mm-hmm. are, you know, in a room together in a lab. In, I mean, it's a room in this manor house slash priory that's been that they're using for a geology lab. And um, she and he have this uh, scene where another guy who's kind of a cold uh, guy named Maximilian Stale comes in and wants reports from them and stuff. And and he's clearly a cold fish. But there's a warm relationship between Thea and Adam. And right. you kind of get the feeling like they're romantically interested in each other. But if not, they're they're really good friends, and it and yeah. it shows, and it's just a nice relationship. I I do like Adam gets a lot of good lines in this, and I think the actor plays it pretty well. He he looks really familiar, but I could I I looked him up. He didn't have anything I recognized. Yeah, that's I, I felt the same way. He, he yeah. looks like one of those actors you see in things all the time, like you know, in another show he might play a, a you know a medical doctor or something like that. You know, yeah, never really like the the, the front runner of an episode, but. You know, right. always there, you know, that kind of that kind of actor. He has a a bit of a style, which I think is actually a more modern style, frankly, to his delivery and his attitude, mm-hmm. which, which I think I think I re- it seemed familiar to me. So I, I, I really I enjoyed the guest cast in this one very much. Yeah. So meanwhile, we, we keep we're, we switch back and forth. We, we see outdoors at night, a man walking in the woods. Who starts whistling the tune from the entertainer for some reason? The yeah. you know this this with some people know it as the sting. Uh, that you know that it's the theme song to the movie The Sting. There's no dialogue. He's just walking in the woods, and then we switch back you know back and forth with Doctor Fendelman's lab. Uh, Doctor Fendelman has some indistinguishable, I think, South American accent. I- I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's a very interesting accent. It's not German, you know, like like, like the like the the, ger- the the weird German scientist trope that you often get. It's it's it sounds much more South American. Anyway, they start turning on these banks of equipment and. As they do so, in the first lab, Thea notices the skull starts to glow, and then her face starts to appear around the skull. They they superimpose it over the skull, that sort of thing. 
So this is a 1970s way of telling us that the skull is exerting mental influence over her. Right. Exactly. Uh, And at the same time, the man in the woods starts running, and it looks like he's running away from something. And then finally he grabs his head, he screams, he falls. And in the lab, Thea does the same thing and falls over. And then we cut to Fendelman in his lab, where he says, we're at full power, now we can commence the scans. So... We're we're led to believe that all these three things are all connected, which they are. And and of course, all, all that equipment is very high tech and flashy and fancy for nineteen seventy seven television. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I had a lot of lot of fun nostalgia looking at these this equipment. Uh, I mean, old, old terminals and things like that. Yes, the the green screens and all that sort of thing, and how slowly things appear on the screen. Uh, so then we are, we're in the TARDIS, and the doctor is working on K9, and makes a point of calling K9 an it, not a she. And in fact, uh, not a, a moment, he. N- not he. a he. I'm sorry, I, I typo my, in, on my notes. Oh, not a he. And uh, Leela wants to personalize K9, calls calls him a he, and then they they get in this discussion. And after a moment after denying, he calls the TARDIS a she. He says, "Come on, old girl, don't let us down now." <laughs> like yeah. like he immediately. Uh, undermines his own argument that he 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 doesn't uh, personalize uh, mechanical things, which is really funny. But uh, what's going on is the TARDIS is being dragged toward a how does he call it? Relative continuum displacement zone. Yes, or which a he hole glosses in space. as a hole in time. Yes, a hole in space and time. And uh, a, from a sonic time scan, he calls it something. That's what's doing that, and it's coming from Earth. And if he doesn't stop it, Earth will be destroyed. There's that word again, sonic. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. All I can think is the next doctor. It makes noise. It's sonic. Tonk, tonk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, the scientists, like I, I said before, they, they all appear to be living together in this manor house. And so there's a, they, they're in the kitchen the next day. And uh, Colby, the Adam Colby, who's the geologist, he comes running into report. From outside, he's running. He's found a corpse, and it turns out it's the man who was we saw running the night before. Thea doesn't remember what happened to her in the lab, the 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 thing in her head and the collapsing. So she's she doesn't remember it. Doctor Fennelman won't let Colby, the geologist, report the body to the police because it could interrupt their work. Mm-hmm. Which, like, what are they going to do then? <laughs> Just going to let the body stay out there doing what bodies do? Oh no! Apparently, no, they, they got uh, other other nefarious plans for this body. Yes, yes. Um, so he and he managed to get Colby to quiet quiet down because, with the promise that uh, finding a twelve million year old skull means that he could win the Nobel Prize, just don't taint it with you know police and that sort of thing. Well, which, you know, and just, of course, which of course sets up for the scene where where he's all of a sudden grief stricken when another body is found, and yeah. well, what are you going to do? You tell the cops that you didn't report the first one. Yes, which yes, is the of classic. course the worst possible TV logic. Because <laughs> well, he impeded me from calling. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was just going to comment on the uh absurdity of the logic here. I mean, in yes. the real world it's like, dude, we're reporting this to the police <laughs> exactly. right now. Do you know yeah. what happens if we don't and they find out later? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and exactly. oh by the way, and if if you if you threaten to fire me for that, I'll just make sure the police know that too. Yeah. Right. So meanwhile, so Fenneman asked Stahl, the the Max Maximilian or Maxi, as Colby keeps calling him to his dismay, uh, call someone in London to send a security team, and that Stahl should conduct a post mortem. So apparently, he's some sort of medical doctor of some sort, or at least biology professional. 
with certification from the local medical examiner's board, apparently. He's on call for autopsies. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Stahl says that while uh, everything says the man just died, there is no obvious cause of death, the body is decomposing as you watch, like it's rapidly decomposing as though all the energy has been removed from it. Yeah, so now we have an extreme biohazard. Yes, yeah. it sounds so. Uh, let's get those into lockdown. Uh, out, now, meanwhile, we're, the doctor has arrived uh, on Earth. Uh, first, he talks, tries to get the uh, lowdown on what's going on from the cows in the meadow that he's arrived in. <laughs> They're not talking. <laughs> so, Apparently, uh, the doctor doesn't speak cow. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Or the TARDIS doesn't translate cow anyway. That's yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, so he ends up napping while Leela has mistaken a gardener for a warrior hunting them and holds him <laughs> at knife point. Uh, and uh, the, the doctor, after offering him a, a jelly baby, um, gets him to tell him about the about Fendelman in the Priory. So they, they figure, okay, this must be what's going on. Uh, the, and they, they find out they're in Fetchborough, which is uh, actually relevant to the story, the, the name. So the uh, the security guys have shown up and uh, they, he's he's uh, uh, detained this the elderly housekeeper I guess this old woman mm -hmm. yeah uh, she's the, she's the cook and uh, also a white witch uh, we find out that yes that she is a, a a witch of the of the old religion as they say and uh, he tells her no one can come in or out without authorization and she threatens him that he'll get his which obviously in the context of a Doctor Who story means he's doomed. <laughs> because yep. you know when, when an old woman who you'll be you the know, next one yeah tells you that you're you're doomed you are doomed um so uh colby ends up sneaking into well, not sneaking into but ends up in fendelman's lab with all the computers and he's um he doesn't know you know what are what, why do you have all these computers to do archaeology and fendelman who apparently made his fortune in computers. He's an electronics, like yep. Bill Gates sort of like thing. He was, he was right. working on like a missile control system, you would assume, for the British military or something like that. Right. Yeah. But, but since he made his fortune in computers, why are you using all these computers for archaeology? Well, when you have a hammer, every, th every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and oh, by the way, they use computers in archaeology today, so well, <laughs> they yes. do. quite they a lot of it. them, actually. Yeah, exactly. So... He, Colby concludes that Fendelman is crazy, but uh, he is not so sure. Uh, they find out that the skull can only be activated at night. That's, uh, that's apparently, and uh, Thea. So Thea sneaks into the lab at night, turns on Fendelman's equipment, and then the skull starts to do the thing it does, where it's superimposing itself over her head. Um, and while Leela and the doctor are sneaking about in the woods at night, Leela goes off to follow a guard to his cottage, uh, which the doctor thinks. She's off to go stab him in the night because Leela's <laughs> the Fendelman has well, computers as a well, solution. Leela has knives. <laughs> yeah, Leela is well, rather stabby. Yeah, well, I, I love I love that line about you know. Oh, there's a guard. I'll dispatch him. I'll get rid of him. <laughs> yes. And the doctor says you can't do that. Why? You'll upset the dog. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's why you'll why it's no good. Lila uh, so, is such a refreshing change from prior companions, though. She's definitely oh, yeah. not in the screamer model at all, and right. she, neither is she the brainy, you know, model. Uh, having the action companion is really nice. Yes, yep. yes. So she follows the guard to a cottage while the doctor gets transfixed somehow by the skull's power ramping up, sort of like the guy in the woods from the night before. Uh, but the doctor, of course, is able to resist uh, eventually. Uh, so when Leela gets to the cottage, someone inside shoots at her as she comes to the door. 
It turns out it's the guy who was the gardener for the day before. Uh, his, he's, his name is Ted Moss. And mm-hmm. um, he had been looking at some tarot cards on the table. Apparently, the old lady, um, which is, I, I don't want to just keep him called old lady, uh, Gr- Grandma Tyler, I guess is her name. Uh, Martha Mother Tyler. Tyler. Martha Tyler, yep. Mother, uh, she, Mother. Mother Tyler, yes, thank you. That actually was, it's a title, not just her, her being a mother. Uh, Mother just, Tyler is a white witch sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, calling me as a priest father. It's the same kind of idea. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about it that way. And uh, so uh, he's in there looking for Mother Tyler, and then he, I don't know why he decided to shoot at Leela. I, I don't know that it's so much a title as just a term of endearment. Um, uh, they make it clear that they yeah. were not they were not endeared to her at all. Well, no, but I mean, it's based on her age and so forth. I mean, I, I know parallels in my own family. My great grandmother was known as Mom Beard. There, hmm. there is a well. There is a point. I, 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 so, not, so, and yeah. consequently, I can honestly tell people: yes, I am one quarter beard. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's there's a point in the dialogue where they they talk about that she's called that because she practices hmm. the old yeah. religion, quote unquote. Yeah, and it wasn't because she was endeared to anybody because they did not like her, but. They knew if they needed something done with witchcraft or whatever that they could go to her. That you go to the mother, yeah. I, I yep. uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a huge point, but yeah, that's. I think that's was as, as I remember it. So, uh, Leela does get the drop on Ted Moss. Uh, another guy comes in who is young Tyler, who accuses Ted of trespassing. Uh, makes Leela drop the gun. Um, they're both trespassing, and then meanwhile, Colby finds Thea in the lab. She's catatonic. The security man in the kitchen f- hears rustling outside, and when he investigates, he's attacked. Do we remember who attacked him outside? Did we ever? Did we ever see that or any of that explained? What killed the, the, the one in the kitchen? The security guy in the kitchen. Yeah, he was killed by the the skull. By the skull. There's the whole power thing again. You heard the the, the whiny noise, and then he okay. drops over dead. It wasn't something that like came at him. It was the power of the skull draining his. The power energy. of the skull because he had that. They, they comment about the blister on the back of the, the skull. I guess that's where the skull plugs in the uh, port to drain your energy. Yep, exactly. That's where it sucks out all the energy. Also, we've got the invisible Fendellini running around that we don't know about yet. Right, right. Invisible, fin- yeah, Fendellinis. In- <laughs> they, invisible slugs they, uh, with little <laughs> things coming out of their mouth. I thought the Fendellinis did a high wire act at the circus, but that's a, maybe something else. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the name, Fendellini. <laughs> I had it with sauce on my plate with pasta. So oh. the <laughs> the secu- so the security man has died the same way as the other guy. Um, Thea collapses. The doctor arrives, and as Thea is laying on the ground, the two Fendellini appear to be entwined around her. Um, Colby and and Fendelman don't really re- like. They kind of rear back at first, but after they disappear again, they kind of don't react as you'd expect, having just seen this bizarre thing. Of things appear and disappear. Yeah. Yeah. What what the Fendellini look like, and we'll see them in different sizes throughout the course of this serial, but at the moment they're kind of small. We'll later see really huge ones. Yeah. But they look kind of like a slug, that, and it rears back. You know, you imagine uh-huh. a slug kind of standing up, but its head has been cut off. So you have this, like, clean cut, It's and then there's a circular opening in the center of what of what looks like the throat, and there's yep. a little streamer 
in yeah. the center that's kind of blowing around. And the effect, <laughs> overall effect is it looks kind of like a snake flicking its tongue. Yeah. But it's not. It looks off just enough because instead of a purely snake-like body, you have this more slug-like body. And instead of a tongue, you have this little streamer, but it still right. gives you the effect of a hissing snake without actually looking like a hissing snake. And it's got like a cobra hood, which adds that snake-like yeah. uh, element mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so Fendelman arrives, suspects the doctor of being involved, has him restrained on suspicion of murder for some reason. Um, and uh, my, meanwhile, Leela and Tyler send Ted Moss away. And Ted and Mother Tyler are up to something with old superstitions and witchcraft, they they realize. Um, and then young Tyler and Leela get to know each other here at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm not and sure young what... Tyler's name is Jack. Jack, thank you. Uh, I only wrote young. <laughs> so now here's here's a little bit of a plot hole. The doctor has been locked in a storage room and he's trying to use the sonic to get himself out and he can't. Someone it doesn't unlo- work on wood. It doesn't work on yeah. wood, right. Someone unlocks the door and lets him out. We never find out who unlocked the door? Like that's never resolved in this episode. That's nope. like a huge, a huge hanging thread. <laughs> like the whole time I'm going, but who let him out of the do- out of the storage room? But who let him out? <laughs> like well, it was hanging in the back of my head the whole the whole. Episode. I love the way they played that though because it's you know the doctor's trying to get out with the Sonic is not working and Leela says something like he's he's very kind and gentle and it shows him <laughs> kicking a box <laughs> throwing the yeah. Sonic yeah throwing the Sonic because he's upset. <laughs> But yeah, they, they don't resolve that at all. They don't show, no one says, oh yeah, I let, I let the doctor out. I let him out. It's kind of like in The Big Sleep, who killed Sean Ryan? Even the director couldn't figure it out. So he called Raymond Chandler and Raymond Chandler said, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you wrote the thing. So uh, Fendelman and Colby have this conversation where, where he, Fendelman basically says he thinks the skull is extraterrestrial, even though it's homo sapiens, even though it's human skull. Uh, and thinks we're descendants of aliens because it's always aliens. And yeah. so, so insert Ted, guy with wild hair here from the History Channel. I'm not saying right. it was aliens, but, but it's, it's aliens. aliens. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so Ted and uh, Max conspire in the lab. They think the Doctor and Leela are investigators, um, and they've got something else going on apart from Fendelman. What Fendelman's got going on his secret thing. So you've got a couple of different. Uh, conspiracies hidden agendas going on throughout this episode which is good i think it's i think it makes for an interesting story um they're apparently part of a witch's coven and stahl max is the leader of the coven so keep bear that in mind uh fendelman tells colby that he's been x-raying the skull he knows that at the at the moment of the person's death a great deal of energy gets stored in the skull he notices that like the concurrence of the, the, the at the time and uh, that uh, we end up, the x-ray shows a pentagram that's part of the bone structure in the skull. It's, and, he, and Fenneman says it's a sort of neural relay where the energy is stored. And he says, for as long as man can remember, the pentagram has been a symbol for mystical energy and power. And so he no, thinks that's where it comes not from. not really. But <laughs> <laughs> that's relatively recent, yeah. Yeah, like the pentagram is really, is really what? It's like. Alistair Crowley came up with that in the in the nineteenth century, right? Something really late. I, I mean, I don't know the history of it, but I know it, it it it's become known as a symbol of you know mystery and power because of things like Wicca, which is a relative again in human history is a relatively recent thing. Oh, totally right. new. It's twentieth century. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's attempted. But yeah, 
the the pentagram. I mean, what they have in this episode isn't even a pentagram. Um, uh, uh, for a pentagram, you need a pentagon right. with a star inscribed yep. in it. Here, all they have is an upside-down five-pointed star. That's just a star, dude. That's not a pentagram. <laughs> that, that's the, it look, and, it, and it does look like the stars that we all drew as kids, you know, the little five-pointed yeah. continue, right. continuous-drawn star. I mean, that's all it looked like. Right. It's Yeah, it's it, it's it's a bit of a reach to, to, to call it a, a pentagram. I, you know, I, I wonder, though, if they purposely did not put a full pentagram because of concerns of censorship. Well, but they end up showing one on the floor uh, at the but end. But I don't think it's a full one again. No, I think it's, it's still a, just it's a five-pointed star. star. It's just a star. Oh, okay. All right. And I wonder, I, if, I wonder if that was a that was a conscious decision when they were filming this because they, they knew did. the BBC watchdogs would throw a fit if they had an actual pentagram on screen. Mary, Mary White House will put a curse on you. There you go. Pentagram. <laughs> well, yeah, and being a kid show, they probably didn't want to you know influence kids with witchcraft and the occult and that sort of thing. That the sensibility. Oh, that didn't stop them from doing Doctor Who and the demons a couple of years earlier. <laughs> and this, this still true. this still deals with a lot of the the witchcraft and the the occult. They just don't have the visible symbol of it. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, we we switch uh to back to the Doctor and uh, Leela and um and Jack Tyler with Mother Tyler. Um, she's in shock. Uh, she says something dark was in her mind, and it was hungry for her soul. So she's very sensitive to to uh, telepathic spiritual energies. She has that's the such second such sight. A, the sec. She has the second sight, which is a, a yet another time when we hear about the second sight uh, with the fourth Doctor. The last one was when he encountered the uh, the Loch Ness monster and the the Scotsman in the uh, mm. in the uh, tavern who also had mm-hmm. the second sight. Uh, so that comes up a lot. Um, Fenderman, meanwhile, thinks the skull is some sort of beacon, that the release of the energy in it would signal that we finally reached intelligent life on this planet, uh, that we've reached a level of technical sophistication that it should call the aliens, which is something we've heard recently on a different Mm -hmm. uh, science fiction show on Star (laughs) Trek Picard. That was the premise of the... uh, No no spoilers, but that was a premise of the... in, in the first season. I don't want to spoil too much, but yes, a beacon that calls that signals a, a level of development that called an alien species. But uh, um, so Stale basically wants to be the chosen one and become the witch lord ruler of the earth or something. Yep. Right. Let's see and, how that works out for him. Yes, and he sees that Thea is his his uh, um, his uh, she's the, the 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 chosen vessel for this, yeah. and so he chloroforms her. And knocks her out, yeah. which is very dangerous. Don't ever chloroform people. Uh, no, no matter what they show you on TV, <laughs> you could actually kill someone by chloroforming them. Yes, you can. Um, then uh, just like, uh, although the other thing I, we see in this that we never see in TV anymore is the karate chop to knock someone out. I love the I love the karate chop to the back of the neck. Uh, I, I wonder if that ever worked anywhere, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Probably about as easily as some of Picard, or, uh, Kirk's maneuvers in TOS. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the doctor finds the skull in the lab, offers it a jelly babel, a jelly baby, jelly baby, jelly baby, which it doesn't accept. Then says, "I lost- had a confusion of tongue <laughs> yes. at, yeah. at your babel." That's right. <laughs> I'm babbling now. Uh, he says, "Alas, poor skull," which is a nice uh, Shakespeare reference. Alas, poor yeah, York. I, 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 would, well. I almost wish they would have done the you know, "Alas, poor York." <laughs> no, except here, it should have been "Alas, poor Eustace." I didn't know him at all. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Uh, it starts to glow, which affects the doctor. He reaches out to it against his will, puts his hand on it, and he's like, ah, 
uh, and uh, he's saved by Leela, who comes in and kicks the chair out from under him, <laughs> knocking him That's to the good. floor on top of her. So yeah, uh, which is a, a little awkward situation. Um, he realizes the skull is being used by the Fendal to recreate itself to grow by consuming the soul, which is life itself. That's it's it's uh, how he puts well, it. I, I love Leela's response. You know, they they both ask each other, "Are you okay?" And and then she goes, "You're very heavy." <laughs> yes, he's, because he's literally laying on top of her, like yep. very awkward. Uh, so the doctor goes to uh, to uh, see the old woman. He says that Fendelman has about a hundred hours uh, that he can operate his equipment on that skull before an explosion. So of course, it's been ninety six hours, fifty six minutes, and forty three point seven seconds. And, and you've got the big <laughs> TV screen that's showing the countdown. I, right, I love that they sleepy. don't know that, though. They assume yes. that, oh, we've got 100 hours from now, and then we, the viewers, see, no, they've got two hours. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And um, they, they, explain, they actually explain, I think relatively reasonably, that you know they have to have that counter because some of the equipment has a very limited use time. You know, I mean, that, that's, yeah. I mean that's fair enough. You can only use it for so long before it, you run the risk of it burning out or something. Right, and you're replacing parts and that sort of thing. Yeah. Or exposure to whatever rays that you're shooting at the thing, you yeah, know, that like like rads. Uh, so well, also we get uh, an explanation for Mother Tyler's psychic abilities. Uh, the yes. doctor explains that there's a time fissure here. Mm-hmm. Remember that hole in time that they got drawn toward? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that time fissure here, and she grew up near it, and so precognition is a common result of he says of growing up near a time fissure. Mm. Right. And it's why the place is called Fetchboro. Fetch was an old English word for apparition. So yep. it's uh, Fetchboro, the, the town where you see fetches. Uh, so Stahl has, has set up in the basement of the Priory a, a, a nice occult altar and uh, worship space, uh, well-appointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not sure if there's an organ down there, but uh, and uh, he's got he's got Thea down there. He's injecting her with some hypodermic to knock her out, and uh, this is this is the end of poor Thea. Uh, his plan is that she is the medium through which the ancient power of this place is focused, and his plan is to control the supreme power of the ancients and become a god. It, it never works out well for for you when you try to become a god. Nope. Uh, so Stahl then takes Colby, uh, uh, Adam Colby, and Fendelman. Uh, at gunpoint, <laughs> I like Colby's response, which is to he says to Fenneman, "I think you have an industrial relations problem." Yeah. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> I think you're having a problem with your employee here. It's, it's, <laughs> you need to call HR on this one. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And this is this is a reference to the fact that in the 1970s, Britain was racked by industrial actions or strikes. Right. Exactly. Um. So the Doctor and Leela are now going to get in the TARDIS and travel to. The fifth planet, which is where they believe the skull originated from 12 million years ago. Uh, But he discovers that there's no record of the fifth planet because all memory of it has been erased by a circle of time, making data and the records invisible. And only a Time Lord could do that. So So he knows the Time Lords have have time locked the fifth planet where the Fendal are from. So this is a fifth planet in our solar system. So Mm -hmm. we have Mars and Jupiter. See, it, yeah. it, I was assuming it was going to be well. It got destroyed, and that's why we have an asteroid belt now. But right, You're right. I think that so was that the initial. How they played it. And, and then there's the tenth planet, which which is uh, Mond, uh, Mondas, Mondas, which comes around uh, every once in a while. We got 
we're, we're, we're lousy with planets in this solar system, apparently. Well, the truth is we are, but we don't need to go into that at the moment. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mother Tyler and uh, and Jack, they, they prepare. Uh, she's uh, doing tarot and giving him blessing wards and filling shotgun shells with salt, which uh, which apparently is going to become in very handy at some point. Yes. Um, in fact, the, the protectives that she gives him, the amulets or charms, are little bags of salt. Right. Uh, and uh, the doctor realizes that the uh, the skull is absorbing the energy released when the scanner beam damages the time fissure. So when Fendal turns on his scanner beam, it damages the time fissure. That releases energy that's going into the skull. Uh, meanwhile, the Priory stall uh, prepares a ritual. Uh, Fendelman realizes uh, he's tied up uh, near the pentagram along with Colby, and he realizes Fendelman means man of the Fendal. Uh, so that for generations, his people have been fated to uh, bring about the Fendal. Uh, they're all being used by the Fendal to to bring, come back, and Stahl then murders him because he doesn't like what he's saying. Uh, so Stahl turns on the scanner, the pentagram starts to glow, Thea starts to awaken, and meanwhile upstairs, the doctor finds the, the Tylers, and they see the large Fendaline approaching them, and they can't move. The, now it's a six-foot-tall, truncated snail uh, or slug <laughs> creature yeah Co- cobra slug party streamer thing <laughs> yep. yes yes with the typical uh 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 costume quality of the late 70s on tv the uh the doctor shoots the rock salt shotgun shell at the creature which uh interrupts Wait. its telepathic control of their muscles Wait, so they the can doctor run. used a gun yes the doctor did mm-hmm. use a gun and uh, kills the creature yeah also i like how and they established this fairly early on when the f- the Fendaline are exerting their influence on people. It interferes with your ability to run. And we first see that when the doctor's out in the woods and he's like, come on, legs. And he's like pulling his legs with his hands to try to get them moving again. <laughs> right. And that that gets progressively more explicit that this is caused by the Fendaline. And and I and so it's like selective mu- selective muscle control. They can stop yeah. your legs, but not your mouth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which... Uh, it would, uh, would come in handy sometimes, I think, to stop up mm-hmm. someone's mouth. But anyway, Thea, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the uh, on in the on the uh, the not pentagram, uh, ends up transforming into this golden figure. So, uh, who has painted eyes over her eyelids, so yeah. that her eyes are closed, impressive, but she sees. Pr- impressive acting where she had to do it all with her eyes closed. She could do this scene with her eyes closed, apparently. Literally. <laughs> This is this is an effect that I first saw in it was one of those 1970s biblical movies and I forget which one it was but mm-hmm. it had old testament stories in it and so when they did Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. they had the people of Sodom and Gomorrah with eyes painted on the back of their eyelids so they'd close their eyes and there would be another eye there and it would be like ooh that's so creepy <laughs> yeah. and and that's basically it's what effective. they have here she's it's got effective. this gold-painted yep. face with eyes yep. on the back of her eyelids and a weird headdress and a weird robe that is no longer a lab coat but looks she looks kind of like someone's reimagining of a golden greek goddess yeah yes yeah yep uh and in the process she starts the coven is there including ted moss and the other villagers who are part of stall's coven and she starts transforming them into fendaline which is mm-hmm. uh unfortunate for them uh, apparently uh, uh, although a slow process at times, <laughs> it turns yeah. out. Uh, the, so the doctor and Leela they go to the basement. They end up they're able to save Colby, 
Although Colby blurts out, you know, something on the way out and gets their attention because that's what people do on TV. And uh, the doc says, don't look in her eyes, but it's too late for Stahl. Um, and he asks the doctor to give him the gun to, so that he can kill himself to end his suffering and not become a Fendelene, which the doctor does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, also a very interesting uh, difference. I'm not sure the doctor would do that in Modern Who, uh, allow him to kill himself. Not like without lots of agonizing about it first. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, upstairs, the, the doctor asks uh, Mother Tyler about the darkness that she's experienced, which she says is only in the cellar now. So they're safe up there. Uh, although they, they, they find the other Fendeline, uh killed by the salt. And he thinks that the, that's the origin of throwing salt over your shoulder, by the way. Is the mm. the fendeline? It's it also what you do to kill giant cobra slugs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he ends up switching off the scanner, Fendelman's uh, scanner, which saves the planet. Thank you. Uh, but yeah. it won't stop the Fendal. Oh well. But uh, he says the f- here's an interesting description. He describes the Fendal as a gestalt, which he says mm-hmm. is a group creature, separate parts that together make a new, more powerful creature. And according to myth, the Fendal is made of twelve fendeline and a core. But the doctor killed one and Stahl shot himself, so it's not yet complete. So it's a mm-hmm. gestalt. And when it does complete its gestalt, it'll like be able to kill everyone in the world. Yes, yep. it, will, it will absorb uh, all human beings. So uh, we need to keep it from getting two more. Uh, the, the doctor sends uh, Mother Tyler to get more salt and uh, sends Jack Tyler and Leela to keep watch. Uh, and that Colby and the doctor discuss how the Fendal evolved to absorb all life, including itself. And so the Time Lords must have destroyed the planet and hid the fact from posterity, because you're not supposed to do that, which is an interesting... Uh, here's the Time Lords messing with stuff against their own rules again, mm-hmm. and which is something that seems to come up. And he speculates that the skull affected man's evolution on this planet to make him suitable for the Fendal over the course of 12 million years. Uh, so interesting so a little backstory that they, they're they building here. Fendal and the Fendaline appear in the corridor, but Tyler can't shoot them. He's frozen. So Leela karate chops him and fires blind uh, at, at it. She closes her eyes and shoots. And turns out she's a pretty good shot, even with her eyes closed. Yeah. So the. Uh, well, because, you know, a- accurate shooting isn't just luck. Accurate aim <laughs> isn't just luck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so the doctor's solution is he and Leela take a lead line box and salt to the cellar. Colby is to start the scanner for two minutes, then switch it off and run. And because in three minutes after that, the whole place is going to implode. So in the cellar, the doctor grabs the skull just as Colby turns off the scan, uh, turns off the scanner. So the scanner, I guess, um, when it's on, it distracts the Fendal and they, they won't mm-hmm. see the doctor and Leela coming. Uh, so they, as it turns off, just as they're grabbing the skull, they have to run away from the Fendal. Uh, three three minutes later, uh, they run upstairs through an image of the Fendal. As the building starts to collapse, they get outside. The Priory implodes. The others huddle together under the table in the cottage. You know, Colby, T- uh, Jack Tyler, and Mother Tyler are all uh, hiding under the table. Um, and the doctor tells Leela back in the TARDIS that he plans to dump the skull in a sun that's about to go supernova, which may or may not destroy it, which, uh, spoilers, according to extended media, I think either Big Finish or a book or something, uh, it comes back in in a uh, in a later story, so that doesn't work, and that's it. Also, the doctor calls canine a he. Yes, yep. he does. He does, and then is upset that she actually questions that he can call canine a he. 
Yeah, he he's, he's totally gaslights Leela in this episode. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of this this story? The image of the Fendal. What? Uh, how, how did I enjoyed it? I liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was some some really uh, uh, some cool lines and some cool uh, characters in it. See, this is this is one that I know I saw as a kid. I know I saw when you know all the Fourth Doctor episodes were being aired on PBS. I just didn't remember it. Yeah, you know, it's just. Because, because of course, back then I didn't have the VCR tapes, I didn't have Brit Box or anything like that, so right. it was just whatever it would air. And so, I, I enjoyed it. I really, I really did. I think this is probably one of the one of the tighter, and I, I use that yes. kind of half joking of the classic Who episodes because there's still lots of scenes where, like when it's flashing between Thea and the skull, where it's like a minute of flashing between Thea and the skull yeah. to let us Let's know just for get sure to that it. we know that Thea is under the control <laughs> yeah. of the skull. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. There's a lot, a lot more uh, where things aren't really happening in this, right? Than but in modern very, stuff. But it, I enjoyed it. Very dark and creepy, and yeah, just, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Jimmy, I enjoyed it as well. This is from the period where uh, Doctor Who was going for gothic horror, and so it's basically Doctor Who does Hammer films, and mm. you know this this is like a kid's adaptation of a Hammer film. It's uh, it's quite scary. It, I like the Fendellini. I it it it's it got this kind of dream logic to it with the the Greek goddess, but then there are also these giant party favor slugs, and <laughs> you have little elements of superstition mixed in, and it's dark and it's spooky, and it, it's 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 uh, it was a nicely written thing. Also, it we don't get a lot of preachiness from the doctor, and even back then, the doctor could preach about oh humans, you know, you're so right. mm-hmm. violent or whatever. But we don't have that, and uh, and it's 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 very refreshing. Any final notes, Father Corey? Nothing here, Jimmy. Don't kill yourself. Suicide yes. is right out. Yes, suicide yeah. is wrong, even if you're being turned into a Fendaline. So, uh, Jimmy, that uh, does it for our discussion of Images of the Fendal. Tell us about the big finish that you were just listened to. Yeah, so uh, I've it, one of the big finishes I've listened to recently is The Diary of River Song, Volume 3. Ooh. And the River Song series is typically each, each volume is four one-hour plays. And the first of this, they tend to, after the first one, they tend to have themes. And and what's typical in a box set like this is, for Big Finish is you'll have a running plot thread through all four plays that then pays off in the fourth. So it's like getting up to the reveal of the big bad, and then you deal with the big bad in the final play. In this case, so this edition of the Diary of River Song, there are a couple of running themes. One of them is it explores River's personal timeline. And it does so more than other series. But, you know, River has her origins. She's the daughter of Amy Pond and Rory Pond. Yes, I know. <laughs> and she was taken as a child, as a baby, by Madame Coverian and raised to be an assassin for the doctor. And so this explores that. So Madame Coverian is in this. Ooh, nice. And thus connects and feels i saw one commenter say it feels more like an extension of the tv show than other sets do also we have uh, a recurring doctor in all four plays he's at least in all four plays he's not featured in all four plays but it's peter davison's fifth doctor oh wow and so it's the younger charming Hmm. doctor from you know the 80s and 
And it's nice what happens in the first story, The Lady in the Lake, you have a very mysterious kind of Nordic noir story where, you know, strange stuff is happening and it's like kind of bleak and stuff, which is the way a lot of Nordic noir is. And then at the end of the play, after River has gotten through the events, it's like, I need my husband, any one of him. I don't care which. And, <laughs> and, and, and she just needs some time to recoup. And so she, she meets Peter Davison, who, of course, does not know who she is. Right. Um, but still, he's her husband, and that's what she needs. And so he gets prominently featured thereafter. The next play is Requiem for the Doctor. Then we have one set entirely in a restaurant called My Dinner with Andrew, and then it caps out with the Furies. And my favorite of all of them is My Dinner with Andrew, which is right. structured as if it's a meal. So you have right. the you have this it's a French restaurant, and so you have this French waiter announcing the courses, and it's structured or the play is structured around the courses. You know, so you have the aperitif, and you have the appetizer, and the you know you walk all the way through the dinner to the desserts as the play is unfolding. And um and in this one, uh, Peter Davison gets to play multiple roles. Not only is he the doctor, he's also just some guy who happens to look like the doctor, but is a totally ordinary bloke named Andrew. <laughs> so, and, is it based on like a, is it a takeoff of the movie My Dinner with Andre? My Dinner with Andre, kind of. Okay. And 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 also he gets to play a roboticized evil version of himself. <laughs> um, so at one point, this robotic version of the Fifth Doctor is attacking, and you can just imagine the the Fifth Doctor's voice saying, "You know, all will bow to the power of the Doctor. All will bow to the power of the Doctor." <laughs> That's awesome. And, but it's a lot of fun, and it gets Great. more fun as it goes along. Cool. That's that sounds like a must listen. I like I like Alex Kingston as uh, as River Song. So it, it's a lot of fun to 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 get more River Song stories. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Uh, and depending on when you're hearing this, you, you may be able to get in on uh, Big Finish is having a special uh, eight weeks in April and May. So you might be just at the end of the the this. I'm not sure when we're when this when we're releasing this one that. Uh, Every Monday, they're giving away a free Big Finish audio production, a Doctor Who Big Finish audio production to uh, registered users. So you can maybe get in and get one or two of them as they remain. So good. Awesome. All right. Uh, that uh, that about wraps it up. We we do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including George U, Amy M, not Amy Pond, Amy M, Connie W, Robert H, and Daniel W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What do you think of The Image of the Fendall, this fourth Doctor story? We'd love to hear what you think of it. Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing something special. It's called Dreamland. It's a 10th Doctor story that's animated. So, uh, and uh, you, you can you can find it online. You just have to search for it. I think in the usual 
places where you can see new Who, they I think they'll often have that animated can, special there. You can buy it on Amazon. Okay, Amazon Video. All right, good, good. Uh, so we'll we'll be back next time to discuss Dreamland. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, it's a good thing your tribe never developed guns. They'd have woken with a start one morning and wiped themselves out. Right. This is going to be fun.